hockey is in the air. Players are trickling back into town for junior and NHL hockey. Minor hockey organizations are ramping up. I'm excited for the next month and the season to come, and we hope that you will join us for the ride. Welcome to the In Goal Radio Podcast, episode 226, presented by the Hockey Shop Source for Sports Langley and thehockeyshop.com. I'm David Hutchison here once again with the one and only Kevin Woodley. The professional who usually keeps us in line, Darren Millard, is on assignment in Vegas this morning, probably doing something we all wish we could be doing. But hey, speaking of doing cool things we wish we could do all the time, Woody, we're just back from a heck of a week ourselves. Yeah, no, you said uh, time is ramping up. The season is ramping up. Darren's busy with work with the Vegas Golden Knights. And as you said, probably if, if we know him, probably out there stopping a few pucks. I think so. As guys arrive in town and need somebody between the pipes. Um, I am actually, we're doing this remotely from the car today. So trying to maintain the audio quality. Um, but this is another car edition special because <laughs> I'm out at UBC where the Vancouver Canucks goalies are going to be skating this morning. Uh, hoping to catch up with a couple of guys, Thatcher Demko rolling in a little later. Um, and as you said, like Montreal, Montreal. what a trip whirlwind. And I think the focus of a lot of our time on this podcast today, including our guests, feature guests, plural Devin Levi. Uh, and we'll set that up uh, a little later on in terms of some of the particulars because it's a unique interview. Um, may may have may have worked a podcast interview into a pro read segment um, or a sit down. And then his his goalie coach, his longtime goalie coach in Montreal, Marco Romando, who runs Courtier Hockey. Um, we spent four hours with them or four ice sessions with them in Montreal. Um, Jet Greaves joined us for two and a half of them of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, we got to hang out with Gage Alexander, Annalise Bergman, who's heading to Cornell. Gage is with the Anaheim Ducks organization. One Maddie Hutchison was there as well, although we get to see him all the time. Like just, man, like what a great way to ramp up, as you said, for the season is just go hang out with a bunch of goalies, including one of, I would argue, if not the um brightest lights up and coming into the nhl out of canada for from a goaltending perspective devin levi and let's not forget we spent a whole lot of time at the ccm offices too over a couple of days and got to see some cool new stuff that's not quite ready for the rest of the world to see but they were presenting it to those uh young goaltenders sort of the next generation they called them headed by devin the feature interview of course was recorded live in montreal presented by sense arena virtual reality training for goaltenders Maybe our first stealth podcast interview, because Devin didn't quite realize that was getting worked into a podcast. Surprise, Devin. Yeah, no, and it wasn't the intention. No. But there were just moments within our pro read segment where we just started riffing back and forth on different aspects of goaltending that sort of went beyond the pro reads. And and then at the end, I, I had a few questions I needed to ask. Um, and so I got them out and, uh, honestly it just turned into a nice little, you know, short little interview that I think it works perfectly. Um, mixing it in with Marco Romando his longtime off season goaltending coach, uh, because, because during the pro reads, we sort of got to see Devin making some saves and, and displaying some skills and athleticism and compete, um, as well as a great technical foundation that, really seemed to be rooted in the work he was doing in Montreal with Marco, which we'll get into because the philosophy that Marco uses at Corche Hockey is quite different. There is a lot more just compete and battle and figure out, solve the problem uh, positioning-wise 
in those drills than frankly we're used to seeing in a lot of stuff in the summers. And it's in a three-on-three rank. And again, we'll get into it with him in the interview, but um, there's a lot of great takeaways there. And when we got into the pro reads, it's like, hey, like I can see where this pays off for you in these moments. And so we just sort of ripped on that. And it just, like I said, uh, it just seemed like it made for a perfect sort of interview, set them both up, get them both on here. Uh, even though it wasn't a formal sit down for, for a podcast, it was more of a pro read sit down. There was just, there was so much extra stuff that we don't want to lose. We had to include it here today. No, for sure. And hey, we always say that a lot of the point of in goal is that we understand how privileged we are to be able to go and meet with these people. And we want to be able to bring all our readers and listeners with us behind the scenes. And I, I think this week you get a real feel for that. Before we go too far down the rabbit hole here, and I do want to talk a little bit about the trip to see our friends at CCM, just have to remind everybody that the gear segment this week is going to be presented by the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. And uh, what's going on over at the shop, Woody? Because this week's gear segment, we're not hopping to it quite yet, but it's a, it was a fun one. So there's lots of cool stuff going on over there. Yeah, I know. We've been talking about it for months here. Like We can't keep up with the gear segments because we only have one podcast a week. We can't keep up with all the new equipment that's arriving at the hockey shop seemingly daily. And so I would heavily suggest you check them out at thehockeyshop.com because as much as we're trying to get you all the latest gear and bring you these gear reviews for everything that they have to offer in the store, there's a lot more available right now than we can, than we can fit. Frankly, there's just not enough gear segments in the month, so to speak for this time of year with all the new equipment rolling out. And that's the thing about the hockey shop. Cause speaking of Montreal, Cam from the hockey shop is actually in Montreal right now. We left, he rolled in meetings with the company, looking at the next year's lines. And I love that Cam from the hockey shop is high enough up on the food chain in the source for sports world that he's a part of these conversations, not dissimilar from what we're having as much as they're focused on what they wanted to gear and what they're buying. Um, he's bringing that goaltending knowledge from a retail standpoint and a playing standpoint, play the position. Uh, into those meetings to make sure that when they're ordering, you know, source exclusive specs, hockey shop exclusive specs, asking for the extras that their relationships allow them to get uh, on certain pieces of gear, often at the second price point, you know, whether it's extra D3O padding in a, in a glove that wouldn't have it elsewhere, uh, reinforced arms, things like that on a chest protector. Uh, Cam's the guy that goes. Cam's the guy that's in Montreal having those meetings, um, providing that feedback to CCM, but also making sure that his customers at the hockey shop source for sports at the hockey shop.com are getting gear with a little extra that fits their game that, that every goalie's going to want, right? There's no point ordering stuff that, you know, if you don't understand the position, he's always ordering extras that, you know, is going to, is going to be in demand from goaltenders. So cam's there, we were there. Um, and pretty much I was actually at the shop yesterday while cam was out of town for a couple of things and it was running really smoothly. So the good news is all those other people that Cam has put in charge that he's hired to work around him, also goalies. Great conversations with those guys the other day. Cam, don't worry. You don't have to rush back. They're taking care of things. So, um, And they will take care of you. If you've got any, any needs, whether it's you know, something as small as, as toe ties or you know, to honor Darren, who's not with us today, a neck guard, a dangler, they've got it. Full sets, they've got it. No matter what you need as a goaltender, they've got it at the hockey shop and thehockeyshop.com. So make sure you check them out for all your needs. I just want to say that we got to go to Montreal and see all this stuff before Cam. So that feels kind of cool. But really, to be honest, because like I said, we want to give people that 
feeling of being with us. So we're going to let you know what really happened. It's kind of fun. Uh, Kaylee Dankevi, who's been on the show here very recently uh, before, was out for Tendi Fest at the hockey shop and she brought the new gear with her. So we actually got to see a sneak peek of it. I think it even rode to Tendi Fest in the back of your car, possibly. Hidden. 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 Yep, yep. Everything Stealth had to be gear. hidden and secret. Nobody else could see it. Stealth gear. So if you were at Tendi Fest, you probably didn't even know that the latest line uh, for CCM was in the back of Woody's car. Um, probably the same pads that made it made it their way back to Montreal and were on Maddie's legs for that photo shoot. Then they bring people out to Montreal to really do a deep dive. And it's about the gear, but it's also about the future. It's about how they work, really sharing that whole CCM process. They're careful to say, you can't show this. Don't film that. We get a little bit more leeway, I think, than most people because they know we'll check in with them before we we're not about breaking scoops. We're about sharing the information when they're comfortable sharing it. But so many highlights from that trip. It was a couple of days with our friends at CCM. So what do you, what stood out for you in that in that trip? A couple of highlights, maybe. Well, obviously, the, the two things that stood out, one, we went in early, so we invested our own time to go there early, and we got the extra time with Devin Levi and, and Marco Romando, and you, you'll hear some clips from that on this podcast, and you're going to see that at ingolmag.com uh, over the coming months. A lot of drills featuring both Devin uh, and Jet Greaves, who joined him for, like I said, three of those sessions, so I don't want to lose that. Uh, the first Pro Reads is already up at ingolmag.com for Ingol Premium members, first of many. Uh, I charted through the entire 47 minutes we were with Devin after a back-to-back two-hour session on the ice at Corche Hockey, and there are 13 different pro reads in there. Um, so lots of great stuff coming from our trip to Montreal on the in-goal premium side, but then on the CCM side, final two days were meetings with them. Uh, we got to go out and see the factory, uh, where a lot of the pro gear gets made, the custom, the custom skates. Uh, so you're, you're looking at custom skates being made um, custom masks, the new mask, which we can't talk about yet, but will be out soon. Uh, for the NHLers, there's actually a custom process to fit it to your face um, that was remarkable to see. And the amount of time that goes into it and making sure it's perfect was remarkable to see. I think the craftsmanship that we're seeing uh, was a little eye-opening and probably, maybe not for us, but you know, even for NHLers, the you know, we talked about this with with the people out of the factory when they're custom making a pair of skates for NHL players, and we saw like players and goalies' names in the boxes with their foot molds that they have there to build these skates specifically and shape them to how their foot is shaped. A process we've been through at Ingol and have felt the difference that it makes with um, just the amount of sort of handcrafted time and effort that goes into making each one. Uh, was remarkable. It was it was a good reminder. And NHLers that come to her there, they're they're a little bit blown away by just you know that process from one step to the other, from raw parts to a final product. How many different people have their hands on it? How many different people and expertise with sewing machines and diamond tip needles on sewing machines uh, are required to make a custom skate? And so that was neat to see that. It was exciting to see the custom process and to see what's going on with the mask. Um, and then the last two days, like you said, we had a, we had one day that was kind of photo shoot, but a chance for the names I mentioned, Levi, Annalise Bergman headed to Cornell, Gage Alexander from the Anaheim Ducks organization, uh, Jet Greaves from the Columbus Blue Jackets, who we also did a pro reads with, I should say. And he was excellent. That kid is dialed on details and was really fun to get to meet. 
Um, they're all out on the ice in the new gear and trying it. Um, doing, you know, not deep, deep, deep goalie drills, but going through some goalie drills with our old friend, Stefan Waite, who was running it, uh, filming it, video, photographs of next year's line. So they're kind of there for photos, but also to get on the ice in it and provide some feedback. And so day two was a mixture of sitting down with the skate team, the stick team, the design team on chest protector, which is also, we saw next year's chest protector, both NHL, well, which we'd all, I've already seen here in Vancouver with Thatcher Demko, both NHL and, and retail. Um, and sharing their feedback, not just with their pro reps, but directly with the people who are designing and building the gear into the performance lab, CCM's performance lab, where it was really cool to see just the level of detail that goes into testing and trying new concepts with sticks. It was amazing with goalie sticks, everything that goes on there, sliding tests, rebound velocity tests. And so all these goalies that took part in the event got to go out with the engineers behind this and sort of geek out on the science and the tech. And again, one-on-one time with goalies playing the game at the highest level, providing feedback. Hey, this is what it looks like on a computer. This is what it feels like in my hands. And this is what I'm looking for. And this is what I think a lot of my peers are looking for in their equipment. So some of the back and forth discussions, uh, I think they picked some really good goalies for it because I, I we sat in on some of the conversations. And man, like, you know, Jed Greaves, Devin Levi, um, were two that we had mic'd up for different portions and just sort of listening in the amount of detail, the, the questions that were going on. Like, this is stuff that doesn't just help the goalies, this small group in particular, but helps the people building the gear understand what the next generation is looking for out of their equipment and bring that into the R&D, bring that into the performance lab so that they can then find ways to bring it into the production process and back onto the ice. And that was a hell of a long answer. That, everybody, was classic Kevin Woodley. Kevin, what's one or two highlights from your trip in Montreal and you just got pretty much the condensed version of the entire trip? Nothing else to say. I didn't talk about dinner. I didn't talk about dinner. That was spectacular as well. Well, a couple of spectacular dinners because, again, just to give you a feel for what it's like, how cool a young man is Jet Greaves. He's texting Woody before he gets into town and setting up our dinner the first night just so we can go hang out and talk goaltending. And we did that with Jet and uh, and Maddie and my good friend, uh, Michel Godbu, who is one of the hosts of uh, hockey uh, TVA Sports in Montreal, a guy I went to hockey school with when I was uh, knee-high to a grasshopper, as my father likes to say. Hey, you were knee-high to a grasshopper because Michelle showed us some photos of you guys at Howie Meeker Hockey School, and you were just a wee little one. It was uh, <laughs> it was a fun night, and I got to say it, uh, so that sort of was before the first meetings with CCM, was just, um, had been texting back and forth with Jet, who I know a little bit, but not well, or knew a little bit, but not well from some Hockey Canada stuff. And man, I could sit and talk goaltending or listen to him talk goaltending. Or watch him and Devin talk goaltending in the CCM oh. lobby. Yeah, like I like, I, yeah, it was you wanted to eavesdrop on all their conversations because again, we talk about details, we talk about understanding your gear, understanding your position. Like, I, I love the guys that really want to dig in on those elements, and and those two dug in, and Jed in particular, you know, just at a level that we don't always see, frankly. And I think it bodes well for his career, but also just like, what a great kid! Um, just yeah, so really, thanks to Jet for his time. Like I said, can't wait to share his pro read. Some really great insights 
from his NHL debut, 46 saves against his hometown Toronto Maple Leafs last year with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I think a really bright future there. And so it was kind of fun to, it's fun to get to know him a little bit. I'm now a fan for sure. I'll be following, you know, every minute of that career that will be up on the game center this year, the the NHL package. Anytime if, if he's in Columbus, um, he's playing, that will be up on the TV. Cause like I said, he made, he made me a big fan. And I think a lot of, if any, you'll get into the pro reads, we're going to work on him for, for, for the podcast one of these days. He's not a big me, me, me guy, but man, if you ever get a chance to talk goaltending with Jet Greaves, take advantage because it is a fantastic conversation. Absolutely. I, I just want to get one thing out that I'm, I'm sure there's some people listening right now saying, oh, you guys talk CCM because they paid for you to go to Montreal and they look after you and all this. I, look, they do a lot of great stuff for us. I'm going to admit that right up front. Woody and I paid for the trip to Montreal ourselves. They did give us some good access. I've got to give you also some insight, everybody, of Kevin Woodley sitting in his car right now, and you can just see that neck snapping back and forth as he watches probably NHL players and goaltenders walking into the rink. Just make sure he grabs Thatcher Demko on the way in. I'm thinking this is yeah, classic JT Woody Miller too. just pulled up, and I'm sitting in here in my car with a in-goal microphone talking to what would appear he can't see the computer, so <laughs> he just probably thinks I'm the biggest weirdo in the world. But Talking to a really short say. person beside you. Um, anyway, yeah, we we did send ourselves there. and and. To be clear, our position and everything we do with gear here at Ingle from day one, and, and credit Kevin Woodley for this, has never been to say this is the best piece of gear. It's always this is a great piece of gear. Here are the features it has. Here's who it's for. Here's whose game it's for. So we've never put ourselves in a position of putting one company ahead of the other. We just want to bring the information to you. And we're thankful for CCM having us there this week, but we just wanted to get that out front. And it actually all started with Matthew, my son, being invited by them and had nothing really to do with us. They met him many years ago when he was testing gear for us. And part of this photo shoot was actually replicating some photos that he took in old eFlex gear when he was about seven or eight years old. The photographers actually had those photos on the ice and then they were making him do his best imitation of his seven-year-old self in the new line of gear. Uh, not sure what they're doing with that, but that was sort of the origin of us uh, heading out on this trip. But hey, one of the things that stood out for me was just really how cool these young people are and how normal they are. And Maddie looked at me uh, near the end of the trip. He said, I just have to shake my head because these guys are, I just feel like I'm talking to one of my friends. I mean, he's walked in, he's met an NHL goaltender for the first time, not first time in his life, but this individual. And he he just couldn't get over how he just felt like he was hanging out with some of his teammates in there. Like these are normal, normal folks, just like you and I who love goaltending and love geeking out on goaltending. As you said, Woody, um, Jed and Devin in particular, but all of them, uh, the discussions went really deep. It was fun watching them go back and forth. You know, Gage would say that this particular glove for his game just is, is terrible. He rated one of the gloves as a negative three out of 10 for his, his game. And then, of course, Maddie puts his hand up and says, well, actually, I completely disagree with you. That's about an 11 for my game. And, uh, you know, the, the back and forth with everybody as CCM is carefully taking notes about trying to figure out what is it that, that you like. It's not about refining this year's product because probably nothing's working its way into this new line. But it is about two years from now or a year from now, two years from now. How can they tailor their gear to fit the most goaltenders in the best way possible? Okay. We yeah. Hey, listen. I, I got one quick thing. I got to interject one quick, quick thing. Quick. Yes, we got Devin Levy and Marco Romano tonight, but we do have coming up in the future podcast. We spent some time 
Uh, limited time, more of a get to know you session, and we'll definitely dig in and, and do longer with both of them in the future. But we got time with both Gage Alexander of the Anaheim Ducks. He had a, I mean, an incredible year last year. Went from playing in the WHL to playing in the American League in the same season. Mm-hmm. Like started the season in the dub, finished in the A. Um, and I know the Ducks are big fans of him and his game. And it was it was easy to see why once you got to know him a little bit there. We sat down with him, Annalise Bergman, uh, who has been a part of uh, the USA under-18 team on the international stage. Uh, spent the summer at CAA, uh, the agency's hockey sh- facing NHL shooters. Headed to Cornell this year for her first year of university. Uh, from the Detroit area, originally from Buffalo. Like super impressed with her both both as a person and and as a as a goalie, like as a as as a passionate goalie about the position. Uh, converse, quick conversation with her as well. We'll bring those to you on future editions of the Ingo Radio podcast. Uh, we came out of there with a crap ton of content for both the website. And for the podcast, and we can't wait to bring it uh, all to you in the coming weeks. Yeah, hey, and if you think it's all fun and games, Annalise went from the uh, big wrap-up dinner with CCM in downtown Montreal, getting back to the hotel at sometime after 10 o'clock at night, went up to her room to finish an essay that was due the next morning because classes have already started at Cornell, so that's really impressive. Okay, with all the love we're showing CCM today, uh, I think we need to also show some love to our friends over at Bauer. So, Woody, let's head over to the hockey shop for this week's gear segment. Before we do, just want to remind everybody, all the gear segments presented by thehockeyshop.com are also available on YouTube, and we'd love it if you'd head over there, give it a thumbs up, subscribe. How about leaving a comment or two? We love when people do that. This week, you really want to do it because eh, there's a fun little finish with Woody, eh, let's just say, being a bit of a criminal. And uh, I even make a small cameo in this one. So check it out and see what is there in the online version. But what do you just want to set up this week's gear segment? It's a Bauer chest protector. Mm-hmm. One of many. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave it at that and let Cam fill you in on the rest. There you go. It's the gear segment with Woody and Cam from the hockey shop. Welcome back to the hockey shop source for sports. We're here in Goal Utopia with Cam Matwiv to talk about the Bauer elite chest protector haven't worn this one i mean i'm wearing it now it's dress up time (laughs) clearly i'm wearing it i'm not naturally this big but i have not worn it before cam so outside the fact that yeah she's pretty comfortable no problem putting the hat on taking her off you know feel like i could have a little breakfast this morning if you actually ever bothered to prepare something nice for us when we came oh goodness i uh a lot of mobility Second, like second price point, chest. second price point, chest below the Hyperlite Two. Like, where does this fit? Below Hyperlite Two and the Mach family. Yeah, so, Mach, Hyperlite Two, and also oh, one more the the Pro Series chest. Okay, never coveted. So this sits below those three. Yes. Idea behind the Elite line is so the best combination of protection, mobility, um, and blend between both the lines that they could possibly come up with. That what would be that mid level price point. What are we talking about difference? And now again, we've talked mock, we've talked hyperlight. Because now we're into generation two. Ballpark, what are we talking in terms of difference of price? So about 410 bucks, I believe, off the top of my head for the elite chest versus it's 699 or 750. Yeah, so we can add some significant savings. Make Hutch sure you can help check me out, out here a little bit. Hockeyshop.com yes. if you want more questions on the differences. As you mentioned, there has been an elite chest protector before. This is a second generation. 
walk me through some of the key changes that they've made from the original. So luckily, I have one of the older elites right here. Oh, oh look at that. You still okay. have stock. We do. You know what that means, folks. Oh, sale pricing. Sale. Uh, Check it out at thehockeyshop.com for the sale pricing on the original Bauer Elite. And you can go back if you have questions on it and find our original review on YouTube. Like and subscribe, all those things. Now on to the new one. Show me the difference. Okay, so arm, shoulder area was one of the more major redesigns on this chest. Um, even into the upper portion of the body as well. Uh, one of the things about the Elite, great protection, good overall presence, a bit bulky up top. So how are we going to solve some of that? We're going to segment more of the shoulder floors itself. We're going to create more flexibility in the body. We're going to redesign the arms, actually make it very, very similar to what the original Hyperlite chest was in terms of the way the shoulder floater lines up and then the way the arm hinges and moves on the actual body of the unit itself. Offers great mobility as Kevin's showing off there. He's able to grab his hat, take it off. He's able to drink his water bottle, take his mask off. You know, if those he important actually things. brought me some water. Well, if you're thirsty, well, we can figure that out. So, breathability, still great there as well. Good airflow to the chest itself. We offer that great segmentation all the way down to the body, the way they line up those body blocks. You have the ability to remove that side padding. If you wish, if you need that extra length in terms of free extension, or if the chest is too long, you can take that off. If for me, it's a little extra room for the love handles to fit between the pants and the chest. Yes. I need to hit the gym and mix in a salad, Cam. What can I say? Okay, then. So, we'll, we'll keep it to water from now on. Gonzo. Gonzo. You can take those off nice and easily. Belly flap, too. Hold your arm out for me, Kevin. That one. There you go. You can still see we have that same easily adjustable arm as well. So great in terms of a chest for growth room as well. We can pull that arm up all the way and let it out as that growth happens. Same thing with that body adjustment in the back. It's ability to bring that body down, adjust the shoulder floaters independently. We can move those around a little bit more to the side if you need some more head mobility as well. So there's a lot of good features to this chest for the price point. Like Again, if we're growing, you're staging through hockey, Pro chest protectors just out of the question currently at this moment. This is a great option, um, especially for your growing kids. Protection level. Obviously, you've walked through and it feels like it's significant sort of beefiness to it from a protection standpoint. Correct. What level of play are we getting away with? I'm not going to go play pro hockey in this tomorrow by any means. But that's Let's said, be honest, buddy. You're not going to play, play pro, pro hockey, hockey anymore. anytime soon anyway. Uh, that's good. It's okay. That said, that next step down, even your elite level, um, you know, is your major bantam. major bantam, things like that, you're still cutting it, you know, as we start to hit that little major midget, things like that, that's when you're probably starting to make that change. Beer League, no Absolutely problem. perfect for Beer League. Unless you got a bunch of ex-guys from the show who like to headhunt. And then you're probably buying a protest anyway. There you go. Exactly. Okay. I understand there are pants that go with this too. There is, but that will be for another day. Another day. Make sure you keep it tuned here. As Cam likes to say, like and subscribe to the In Goal YouTube page. Um, I sound way better when I say it. Like and subscribe to the End Goal YouTube page and check us out. www.thehockeyshop.com or 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790. Just a better, that's me, that's better. Okay, that, that was a fun one to put together, I have to tell you. And with all the latest pro gear that we're showing off all the time, just a nice reminder that there's some incredible stuff available for the rest of us who are working on a budget. That new oh, Bauer. Hey, listen, I mean, you, you, you I was going to say, yourself. you're right. Like, I, I have to interject. I got to get, my, you know, like Darren's not here, so I got to talk even more. Um, 
we always talk about it. And, and you know, with the, with the, the read earlier for the hockey shop, I talked about all the new stuff that's in there. Like, don't forget folks, there's sales on their 35th anniversary sale. I don't think we've talked enough about that in recent weeks. The old gear is available at steep discounts. So make sure you check out the hockey shop.com. If you're not lucky enough like us to live nearby, check them out in person if you can, but if not check them out at the hockey shop.com, huge 35th anniversary sale. Uh, lots of past models on blowout. If you're a beer leaguer, if you've got a, a child in goal and you don't necessarily need to have the latest and greatest and top level, um, there are some real bargains to be had. And I'll just scratch that thing. I was about to say off my, uh, plan here so that's just oh i jumped you there sorry buddy (laughs) clearly Uh, this isn't scripted i didn't know you had that coming (laughs) well at least we don't talk if it is um i i yeah what can i say 35th anniversary sale makes its way into this year's this week gear segment because that bauer elite chest protector that you just heard about at only about 410 canadian dollars the thing that stood out for me is last year's model is down under 300 bucks so you're getting an incredible unit. Oh my gosh, if I could have had this stuff when I was 19 or 20 years old playing hockey, it uh, would have saved me a whole lot of bruises. Okay, our feature interview, just to remind you this week, presented by Sensorina, uh, with one of their biggest users as the guest. And I think we forgot to ask him about it, Woody. So, Oh, absolutely kicking myself on this one. Like, it was, it was on that list. This is the problem when you're flying by the seat of your pants and you're at the end of a 14-hour day trying to get through pro reads with Devin trying to sneak in a podcast style questions with Devin and you got to get to the airport in Montreal to fly home overnight and get in at 5 30 in the morning I forgot to ask but Devin Levi is one of their biggest users I believe he's actually their biggest user and to me he is proof positive we get these questions right like we get them every once in a while like is this is it a game is it legit like is this real serious training and I would argue that when one of the brightest prospects uh, in the National Hockey League, uses it as often as Devin does, you know, I rest my case in terms of whether this is a legit training tool, right? Like, that says it all. Um, and, you know, we've seen the numbers. They've shared the numbers in the past. Like, there were times here in the last couple of years when he was in college and setting records and posting save percentages of 952 one year and I think 933 the next with Northeastern, off to the Olympics, World Championship gold this year with Canada, um, where he was their most active user. And so, um, again, there's a lot of different features we can talk about. Uh, you can test it out right now. There's, a, I believe, a free 10-day trial still on right now at Sense Arena. Uh, check out their website. They'll be in the show notes. You'll see it, all that information there. But in terms of whether this works, you know, case in point, Devin Levi, a guy who is a big user, is a big believer, and to me, that kind of says it all. Anybody that sort of has those lingering questions still as often as we've talked about, about how legit a tool this is, again, rest my case, Devin Levi, example number A. And speaking of rest my case, I would also say rest my case about a young goaltending coach, Marco Raimondo, who we met in Montreal working with Devin Levi, is one of our featured guests this week. He's been working with Devin for, I think it was, a little bit over six years. And uh, together, they've actually been watching pro reads as well. So I rest my case on the value of watching pro reads. How nice was that? Like, first off, thanks to Marco for inviting us in uh, and letting us be on the ice with all our camera because there's not much space out there in a three-on-three rink. Quite often, these drills have three shooters wide open. And again, we're going to get into why. Like, wide open, play out the rebounds, like... 
You saw some of the highlight reel saves that that we posted to Instagram that he posts. Make sure you check him out, Marco Romando on Instagram. Uh, search that up. You see some of these highlight reel saves, and it's like, because the, the drills are just so wide open, right? But there's not a lot of space out there. And Marco was kind enough to not only invite us to come watch, but invite us out on the ice, film these sessions. Like I said, we'll be bringing a lot of this to ingoalmag.com. Really unique approach that I enjoyed talking to him about. But just the fact that, you know, again, I don't think he was blowing smoke. You know, he really genuinely seemed to believe in the value that Ingol Premium brings to his goalies, including the pro reads. And so that was really, that felt good, right? Like that it's oh, not yeah. an ego pump for yeah. us. It just, yeah, it feels good to know that um, what we're doing is being received in that way and being used in that way. Uh, you know, with a goalie coach who works, you know, everything from youth level, coaches in the QMJHL. We saw one of his goalies there, CHL goalie of the year. You know, just that we're bringing a tool that can have value at all those levels. It, uh, yeah, you're right, validating, and it feels it felt really good to hear it. There are goaltending coaches that run great drills. There are goaltending coaches that teach you to compete on the ice. There are goaltending coaches that have a huge focus on technique. I think Marco puts it all together in, as you said, Woody, a, a unique way. And I think people just need to listen carefully, see if they can pick out what it is that that makes some of his work uh, special, uh, a little bit different than everybody else. I think he's packaged it in his own way because he is his own person. He thinks very deeply about the game. And, uh, and I found it very fascinating. I want to say it's a holistic approach to goaltending, but that sounds a little bit too new agey for me, Woody. But it really is an all-around look at the game, and he puts it all together in his own unique way. And I, I just thought it was fascinating. So, Let, why don't we start with Dev? Okay, who talks about the value of it? Okay, we could do that. Was that not the plan? I didn't have a plan. I so I've just got to figure out which button I'm going to press when you're done. Okay, let's start with Devin Levi because one of the things that led into our line of questioning with him was about the value of Mark Romano. So let's let the NHL and the way they were working. So let's let the NHL goalie tell you why it works, and then we'll go and I, make sure you stick around so Marco can explain his philosophy, and you can see if there's takeaways there that you can help apply to your goaltenders, while you're a co- whether you're a coach, whether you're a goalie, whether you're a parent helping out with your team. There are takeaways from both. Recorded live on location in Montreal, it's Devin Levi presented by Sensorina. gotta ask because we were watching you out here with marco and three on three and like like drills that are just like point blank grade a after grade a like is that where it pays off yeah for sure i mean all we work in a three on three rank so you know everything's a grade a and and it gets the game the play is developed really quickly and the pucks on and off the stick so that that feeling of he puts me in like drills where like i feel like i have zero time and i kind of try to slow it down and make make my own time and you know just lead with my head and just slow down don't rush my pushes just get to my spots make my read um instead of just going blind you mentioned uh Barkoff in particular in that one pro read and being aware that it was uh he who had the puck I'm curious as a first year goaltender in the league not as much experience obviously as everybody else with these players how aware are you of who's on the ice at any point in time I mean, honestly, like I, I respect like every player that's out there. Everyone, everyone's there for a reason. Um, obviously, like the big names, you have a little bit of extra awareness. You know, like that they they could score from anywhere. So it's it's really like 
really important for me to just be focused, like like be be in the present moment and just wa- like keep like watching and just like feeling threats. Like, sorry, you're playing them all, honestly. Yeah, there's times, there's times like you could you could kind of get away with like cheating, not necessarily cheating, it's just a good read um, and getting there early. Um, I think that like like you said, there's some guys that it's a little bit it's a little bit more risky to do. Because they, if they, if they see you cheating, they'll put, they'll, they'll expose you and put in the back of the net. Um, so I think it's less of like which guy it is and more of like what read I'm, I'm making. Like the guy that has the puck dictates my read also. If I know he's a shooter and he's looking to pass, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not like horny to leave yet. Like I'm waiting for him to make that pass and then I'll go. Um, so that kind of like it's not really like um like I don't really like like look at the shooter and decide what I'm going to do. It's just like the shooter is a part, like a small part of the read that I'm going to make. Um it's not everything and it's it's definitely not nothing, but there it's definitely like in it has something to do with the read, yeah. There's times where like you could over overanalyze guys too, like uh, a few times like I've overlooked or not overlooked, but I've overanalyzed and kind of look too hard into player tendencies and I have expectations going into the game and they end up not folding out how I premeditated them to. So you get you get in trouble like that also like that's kinda you're like you're imposing yourself on the game and it kinda makes you a little bit impatient. Whereas like in goaltending you can't impose yourself on the game. You gotta wait for it to happen and just kinda watch. Um so there's some games where honestly like I, I like sometimes going into a game without without having like a scouting report because it just forces me to have to see what's going on. Like I have to see um, everything that's going on on the ice because I have no idea what's going to happen, which is really like the reality of the game. Like you don't know like what play a player is going to make. Every play is different. Like there's no identical plays. There's there's tendencies. There's similarities. There's like flow to, to certain structures and systems. But it never always it never like turns out like the same there's no like exact same play so that's why like it's it's good to like kind of like have a feel for that stuff but not be not like have like set in stone like rules for me at least i don't have like like rules like for certain plays i kind of just want to see kind of how it's going to unfold and let that read kind of be instinctive and let that dictate what i'm going to do it's like talking to guys over the years about shootouts right like for the longest time, like you get the pre-scout on the shootout and there are guys that were just like, I, I don't want to know anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. I know I've watched enough TV to know what the A move is, but I don't want, cause if I, if I'm so focused on the A move and he throws the B, I can't. I'd rather not be thinking and just like reacting when I'm playing. So as long as like that, that like that work that you put in before the game is kind of in the subconscious and you're not really thinking about it. And it's kind of like you see Barkov coming down and you just feel like he could score if you don't play him, that's more of like the, the outcome I'm looking for. Like it's more of a feeling more than like a thought. Trust your tracking, trust the work you've done, trust your feet and just go play. Yeah, exactly. Hutch, you're just interrupting for one second to let you know that the last part of this Devin Levi interview evolved out of one of his pro read answers. So you'll hear him jumping in, talking about uh, not every save being technical because we were looking at a save where there'd been a rebound and then he had to go into sort of desperation mode or as he always does in a, in a more calculated way. So we can hear him talk about 
that and then it evolves into a, a few more questions that that came from that just so you know he references uh two people sort of by nickname kevin asks him about condo he's referring to mike condon his goalie coach when he was in the ncaa and he helped him lay some of the foundation of his work as well and then you'll also hear him talk about bales that's mike bales who is the sabers goaltending coach obviously working with him now not every save like I, not every save is gonna be like super clean or like super like technically sound um there's there's you try to in practice like as much as you can like work on like your technical game um but i think like going into a game like being able to kind of drop all that stuff and let it kind of show up um probably the hardest thing to do in goaltending but also in my opinion the most important to let that go and when game day comes it's just time to read the play and just compete again like not to like I, like i mean i was i'm not trying to do like just a straight tire pump out here but we really enjoyed our time watching marco work and so much of what we see in the summer is all structure but the balance you guys have between what he calls programming and just going out there and competing is really i feel like as you describe these plays that helps yeah there's there's a time there's a time to program and to work on your technical game and there's a time to just play um it's hard sometimes you want to be technical and and you just can't because there's there's too too many threats too many guys too many options you got to really focus on what's going on in front of you and there's also there's also times where like you know like you don't want to you don't want to be technical sometimes in practice you just want to play rebound um but sometimes like you know before a game maybe like playing two puck or rebound isn't like the best option maybe you want to just like like work on some fundamentals so that you could stop thinking about them just get the reps in the muscle memory and then drop it and go compete the next day do you have to find that but do you find that balance with condo yeah condo helped me a lot with that so there's some games like we kind of changed up a little there's some 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 days like day before game um we we usually like end with like a like a compete drill like like a rebound cuz i don't want to i don't want to necessarily be so technical day before a game um but i also had the luxury of having four practices before a game so i was going to ask that changes a little bit in the nhl for sure like the travel yeah and- for sure like in uh in buffalo like i have a little bit less luxury to like play rebound and like those competitive games because you're playing you're playing so much it's kind of me planning for the future like in an 82 game season like you're playing you're reading i think those practices you don't get many of them so they're important to take the time to like you know kind of just work on your foundation and and just like some feel good stuff some time to think because in game you don't have time to think that's an ongoing process i'm i'm guessing like with you and bales and and sort of figuring that out but getting that taste last year does that help you for sure like yeah. sort of like this summer as you think about what that's going to be like planning geez i got my rest my minutes my workload the stuff i like to do with the stuff i need your game versus rest yeah i guess is the way it look yeah for sure i mean i definitely still have a lot to learn it's a i was only there for three weeks and the season's much longer than that so um just kind of that's that like snippet um that i got was definitely very informing um and i'm just trying to like so 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 as much as i can out of that but i definitely know that um you know i can't fully plan for every everything that's going to happen in the season so just to the best of my ability just be just being just being ready for you know some of the 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 potential challenges and how i'm going to face them but 
also being open and willing to embrace like new ones that like I've never dealt with and just like enjoy them and have fun like overcoming them. Well, you said it's funny one of the pros you said uh, it wasn't a perfect save. I wanted to say it's not a perfect game and it's not perfect seasons, right? You have to go with the flow a little bit. Yeah. I, I want to ask you one last one. I'm like, go. Um, I got to ask because everyone's all over it and we've never talked about it. The, med the meditation moment in, in TV timeouts because we're going to see it again this year. It becomes a focal point. Do you get tired of getting asked about it? Because the mainstream no. media sees it. For other goalies, we, there's a Swedish sports psychologist who told us he trains his goalies to meditate sometimes even for 30 seconds when the play's at the other end, which seems a little crazy to me. But like, walk me through that just real quick if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a, it's just a break in the game where um, you know, like you're so focused on um, you know, stopping the puck and like your job just throughout the whole 60 minutes which like if you have that full focus like throughout an entire game like non-stop with the pauses that's like a three-hour focus compared to like a 60 minute focus so um that like tv timeout just gives me an opportunity to mentally kind of just leave the ring take a breath focus on something else like just I use the word meditation. Are you literally like using a meditation yeah, practice? Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah, I'm meditating. I'm just focusing on my breathing. You know, there's so much chaos going on in the rink. So I close my eyes and kind of just like take myself out of it for a second um, and just like focus on my breathing. Um, kind of calms the nervous system down, like allows me to refocus. Like a lot of times, like when, when I'm playing, I, you know, there's thoughts going in and out of your head and it's important to kind of just let them go in and out. So that little break that I have um, during the TV timeouts kind of lets me let the thoughts kind of sit for a sec, like recognize I don't need to focus on this and let it go. Um, so that's basically the foundation of meditating. Do you feel less fatigued after that? Like, like as you for said, sure, yeah. if you were it's to try and concentrate for three hours. Definitely, it's definitely physical too. Like um, my body's more replenished from breathing mentally. Like you're a bit sharper because you're getting oxygen into your brain. And it just helps to like, like there's there's things that you end up focusing on during a game that you don't want to be focusing on. You just make a save, um, but it's it's poorly executed, and you're hard on yourself. And you try like you maybe you're thinking too technically. I like me personally, like I'll take a second and just like close my eyes. Okay, I don't need to be technical right now. The, there's nothing going on. Like it's just me and like nothingness. So. Why am I thinking about technique right now? So I'll just close my eyes, think about my breath. And that was a good time to think about my breath. And then I open my eyes. The present moment says that I'm in a game, so now it's time to focus on the play, on the game developing. Anybody ever try to mess with you when you're doing that at the, at the college level? Yeah, well, not at the college level, actually, but T'Chuck came and tripped me, I think, once while I was, while I was there. But I was kind of zoned out um, and just focused on my breath, what I was doing that. Like, it didn't really bother me. Did you know at the time or not till someone said something after? No, I, I knew, but like, it kind of, it was, it's just like one of those thoughts that come in and then they just flow out. Love it. Devin, thanks, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, so you've heard Devin's approach uh, to so many things. I just love that we got the insight to his routine on the ice, uh, the fact that he, takes this game so deeply a lot of that is inspired by his coach marco Romando. so woody should we just go to marco now i think that's a perfect way to do it
Okay, it's Marco Romando, again recorded live in Montreal with Kevin Woodley, little bit from me on the side, again presented by Sensorina. Really excited to welcome to the Ingle Radio Podcast. First time guest, but a listener, I'm, pr- I'm proud to say. Um, Marco Romando from Cartier Hockey, as well as coaches uh, in Victoriaville in the QMJHL. We just got off the ice at his fantastic facility here. David Hutchison is here with me. Say hi, Hutch. Hello, Hutch. I knew that was coming. Dad, dad <laughs> jokes for days. Dad jokes for days. Uh, we just got off the ice with Devin Levi. Um, so I feel like like we need to like just have like an introduction. I sort of introduced you, but I feel like it's just like I'm barely cutting into the pie here. So um, the Coles notes where you're at now, the background, all the, some of the guys you work with, because it's a pretty impressive group of names and how you got involved as a, if I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong here, but part owner here at Cartier Hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I became obsessed with goaltending. There's no goaltending nor hockey background in my family. Um, it's, uh, it's really, it kind of, it, it just kind of hit me uh, when I was watching like Jose Theodore hockey night in Canada, that, that, that this was really what I like, that was like calling to me. It was the first thing I'd ever felt that was truly calling to me. And I somehow convinced my parents with a school project to actually become a goalie. Like they, they, they didn't want me playing hockey, let alone becoming a goalie. So I had to actually present to them why I needed to be a goalie. So off, you know, from the get go, it just wasn't easy for me. Is there a PowerPoint we can see? I was going to say, well, I want to see the school project now. School project? No, I mean, this is like a shoebox project. I'm like, maybe, I was, I don't know, maybe the fourth, fifth grade. I started goalie late. I started goalie late. I was actually a player for a while and a decent one at that. And uh, yeah, I, you know, they ended up, they ended up uh, allowing me to become a goalie. Like I had to kind of work some hours and, and, and buy gear and, and, uh, and I quickly came up the ranks. I, I found goalie, goalie world. So goalie world was my original goalie coach. Uh, to tell you the truth, I used to spend so much time reading and I would sit and I would watch as much hockey as I possibly could and, and try and learn the game as much as I possibly could. And then go out there and be an athlete. It was, it was really, uh, it's kind of me alone trying to figure it out. I then, you know, caught a break, went to a really good prep school, uh, Culver military Academy. Uh, I played well there. And then, uh, I, had a short stint in the CCHL right after that. And then I went to the BCHL and I spoke to you guys a little bit about what was happening there. Like the, uh, I had, I was talking to some schools, but you know, I, I, nobody had told me that if you're not like a number one goalie, you're not going to get a lot of money. So I was, I was, uh, I was good enough to kind of chat with these schools, but I was going to be that third string guy that had to be full pay. And my parents were like, look, we don't have the money for it. So Go to Miguel, go to Concordia, whichever you want to pick. And, and, uh, and, you know, that's, that's all she kind of wrote after that for me. And I luckily, I just started goalie coaching. My neighbor became a goalie. It was as simple as that. I goalie coached at starting at 20 years old, um, while I was in university and I studied English literature, um, studied English lit and I had a, so um, we got me and him got that in common. Oh, you were English. lit. I, yeah. I wasn't a good goalie, but I, I studied English. That well, was my, what that happened was, to computer science. No, well, there's, that's a whole nother story, a whole nother life. But yeah, at least we have that in common. Yeah, that's so. awesome. Not the good goalie part, but the English <laughs> English degree. Yeah, no, so I studied English Lit and, and I was actually, and I got enough core credits to get a, a minor in law. 
So I was thinking about becoming a lawyer. Uh, and I'd done everything I, I, uh, that was required of me to become a, you know, to go to University of Montreal or to go to Ottawa U. Because um, I wasn't going to get into McGill's law program. That was just, it, it's, that's, that's top. That's world class. I wasn't going to be world class there. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and just, I don't know, again, like I, I just really fell in love with coaching. And I'd coach at that point when I graduated. I was in the midget AAA and I climbed all the way. I did novice. I did Adam, kind of like a player, peewee. Danim and goaltenders that excelled at every level. And now I was in midget and goalies were excelling. And then, you know, I then just went, I got an opportunity. I got a call uh, to apply on a job for a Mem Cup season with Halifax. And uh, that was happening at the same time as, as, uh, as this rink, you know, going up for sale. And um, I had to make a decision. And that decision was take both and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what ended up happening. Okay, so I, I'm going to rewind it a little bit. Um, yeah. I want to ask where the pat, like, what about the position mm -hmm. sparked that passion, and is it still a part of why you coach today? So, I like, I can't. I don't really know the answer to that. I just, it's just, I there's just something that that gives me goosebumps every time I see a goaltender put on a a, a performance. Or I think it's the it's that one position where you can really affect the game. And I like that. And I like, uh, I like the idea of being, being a person that can really bail your team out uh, or, or be that person that keeps the step steady, uh, steady. You know what I mean? If it's 0-0 if it's zero, zero and you see the other guy on the other side putting on a show, you still have that challenge to kind of make sure that the guys uh, are given enough time to put one behind him and, and eventually win the game. So there's a lot of responsibility. Um, and, and I never, I've never shied away from responsibility. I actually quite like it. And, and I, I like that aspect. And then, you know, the, in my head, there was always that idea is, is the goalie an artist? Is he a scientist? There's so much that, um, that tells you that, that the position is based off of probability and, 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 and geometry and physics. Then there's that other side of the game where, where it's, uh, where you can see people do things with their body almost as, as a ballet dancer would. To make saves and I think that the, the the mix between the two is just beautiful it's one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen and you know my wife my wife laughs because you know she uh she's got a great job and she studied hard and, and and like she deals with I guess real world problems and and I'm like you know I'm on the phone with a parent yelling at me about their kids tracking and she, that's the biggest deal to me you know what I mean so it's funny but it got um so I, I wanted to how do you now as a coach how do you how do you bring both of those elements out of your goalies and i think we just saw a little bit of that with devin and uh and saw a little bit of sort of how you set up your work but that's specific to him um but like because that's the thing right like you sort of need both everybody's got a different mix but you sort of need both how do you bring it out of goalies as a coach so here's the thing here's the number one mistake i made early as a goalie coach is i just fell into the trap this is going to be 15 years I'm doing it. I fell into the trap early just thinking that everybody else's answers were right and mine were wrong. And, and that's kind of like how my career had started. And I, and I kind of had felt and had seen things and I didn't, I didn't really have the courage to like speak up early on what it is that I felt and that I saw. Um, because it's easy to fall into that trap. Somebody is going to give a PowerPoint presentation at a Hockey Quebec, you know what I mean, or, or, or a Hockey Canada event and say, these are the things that we need to see. And I always found that really interesting because I always, I always said, I'm like, okay, but what if I'm seeing something different? 
And is that okay? And, and I remember when I, I finally had the courage to really think about it and say like, okay, I'm reading all these books I've read. And here's the common theme. And I love to read, obviously, English lit major. Um, when I read Scotty Bowman's book, the number one reason why he was successful is because he was adaptable. When I read anything about Patrick Waugh, he was able to play through several generations and, and several different techniques. Why was, he, why was he good? Because he was adaptable. John Wooden, who was, who was the number one NCAA basketball coach, he was adaptable. So I kept seeing this reoccurring theme. I'm actually on Open by Andre Agassi right now. And I see that, again, he's adaptable. So I remember early sitting there and thinking, being like, okay, my degree is going to be put to any use at this point. It's that I'm going to take what I'm learning in these books and I'm going to apply it to my own life. And right now I've made negative amounts of money being a goalie coach. So let me try this before I end up in a, at law school and, and doing something I hate. But, you know, uh, let's see if it works. And then, boom, it just like opened up. And, and I, a lot of the goaltenders I was working with, uh, they looked different. They played different, but uh, their numbers were a lot different than everybody else's. They were a lot higher. Okay, so, so give me an example of how, just because people are listening to that, and then without, you know, we, we don't want to call out anything that, you know, maybe have done in the past or any of those examples of the PowerPoints, but how did they look different? Like, what, were, what was different for you? The artistry side of it? Like, m more encouraged in the technical side or, or the way you found that blend? I, I, I let go of, of going in with, uh, with an idea of what the goaltender should look like to stop the puck. As soon as I let go of that idea and I, and I let them kind of express themselves, then it became a partnership where I was just like, here's where we can be more efficient. So you probably heard it while I was on the ice. I, I tell Dev over and over again, and this has been a common theme, it's that we really only control one thing at this point, and that's where we stand. Where we stand is going to dictate how much we see. Like, that's it. The rest, if you've programmed yourself properly, and, and by programming, we, we, you know, we take X amount of time to program ourselves and be like, these are the type of saves we want to make. This is what's comfortable for our body. We, we, we do that programming stuff. But once that's done, as you guys saw on the ice, I expect the goalie to play. The goalie's got to play. You know what I mean? The goalie's got to feel. When they're playing, they shouldn't hear my voice. They shouldn't hear any coach's voice. They should only have white noise, and it's their relationship with the puck. And I think, Deb, if anybody's ever interviewed Deb, we, we spoke a lot about this early in our relationship. He said, you need to have a relationship with the puck game. It has to be quiet. It has to be fun. It, you have to be able to understand it, and you have to be reactive and receptive. So that's 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 how i i approach every goaltender i i allow them the space to tell me what feels good for them and how can i add how can i kind of like shape this and round this out for you and and we find different things with with uh with with every guy a lot of my goal a lot of a lot of goalies i work with they, they're not similar they're really not they all have different different needs and they all it's they all have different brains and different bodies they can't all do the same thing how do you how do you tie that to the other piece that you mentioned before which is the the geometry and the probability and those that side sort of suggests maybe there is one way to do it yeah 100 percent. so how do you how do you blend those two well i mean at the end of the time at the end of the day i need to ensure that the goaltender is put in a position where they feel that they have access to everything so that in itself is where the geometry comes in that's where the probability kind of comes in it's where we stand Right where we stand is for me identifying the situation and where we stand is 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 almost everything, right? It really truly is almost everything, and it saves a lot of like brain power when you think about it, and it really almost like dumbs down the game, especially for young kids. 
a lot of kids are scared to get scored on, right? They're scared about where they're standing. They're scared if, they, if they're going to be able to read the shot. They're scared to, there's a lot of fear in the position. And, and I'm okay with fear. I'm okay with nerves. And it's about accepting them, not fighting them. It's really important. So for me, understanding where your math is, is that first level of goaltending. And that is important. But the math only gets you so far, right? Where you stand, I can be standing in the right spot, but that puck can be zipped across for me. And all of a sudden I got to pick that next right spot. And then after that, when the play happens and the play develops, this is where it kind of switches. Then the artist comes out. What can your body do? How can your body perform in order to make that save? And then another save and another save after that until like I mentioned to you guys before, either the play is covered and dead or it's in the back of the net. And we don't want it in the back of the net. So we have to stay, we just got to stay hungry on that pursuit and completely have let go of the math at that point. It's interesting what you said, though, about some kids being scared to be scored on. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a component of goaltending that just believes every goal means there was a mistake made. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's always true, though, is it? No, I mean, look, it's, it's, uh, you got to be, re- I'm really careful when I talk about, like, like what a goal represents, you know what I mean? And, and the way I break it down for my goalies is, is, uh, it's actually like a Jonathan quick scenario. I don't know if you guys remember in the playoffs, he had let in a, like a long distance shot against Arizona. Um, like I, be, I believe it was in, I believe it was in the Western conference finals, Let in a poor goal. And after that, he, you know, he found a way to make the rest of the saves. My, again, going back to one of my first lessons with a lot of goalies is all shots have equal value. So whether it was a good goal or a bad goal, the puck's in the net. So they're ha- like we cannot afford to be emotional about it, like whatsoever, whatsoever. We can let other people around us be emotional about it, but we are not emotional about it because we have another job to do, right? I've seen like we we had the luxury of seeing Carey Price, you know what I mean, for so many years in Montreal, and there were bad goals, and then there were fantastic saves, and then there were wins. And then there were good goals, and then there were fantastic saves, and then there were wins. And that's why Carey Price was Carey Price. It was, it was fantastic to see. And, and demanding somebody to have that type of ima- uh, emotional intelligence is difficult, but it also comes with age and time. We don't ignore the technical, though. Like, you guys still have a component where you're talking about programming, right? So, yeah. like, that was... You talked about splitting your practices up a little bit. And then do, there's yeah. that programming at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then things are a little more wide open, and that's where the artist comes out. The, mm-hmm. You know, and and you talk about where you stand. Is that balance different for every guy in terms of how much? Pro- like some guys want more of the you know programming. I think programming is where you use specifically yeah. for Devin, but um, that technical side, like, it, do you have to find different mixes? Is that part of this? So yeah, hundred percent. Like I I know that I know that that's going to vary based off of how much time they want to spend on the programming. Right. Like there's some guys like I can, I can use an example of another good goalie guy that done well in the NCAA and that's Yaniv Peretz. Right. And Yaniv loves to take his time programming, making sure that his body's right and he's completely over his pucks and that his body's, you know, he's always shifting into pucks and his momentum's always moving into pucks and he's making saves within his frame. And I need to respect that. And I need to take as much time as that, you know, as that, as he needs right um and and for me it's i have to i gotta listen i have to respect it uh, but at the same time too i also have to draw a line in the sand right and i also have they also have to kind of like trust my part in this partnership and understanding like this is not always going to go your way 
Like how many times are you going into a fight thinking that you're never going to get punched and you are going to get punched? Like, it, like there is no way to predict that this game is going to go the way you want it to go. So I have a really hard time kind of like sitting and making the goaltender believe that you're going to come off the post and you're going to be square. And then that next pass, you're going to be square. And guess what? It's just going to end up in your belly. There is a very low chance that that happens 30 times in a game if there's 30 shots. So I'm not going to waste a 60-minute practice just doing that. We are going to spend the amount of time that you need to feel good. And then after that, we're going to start getting into the meat and potatoes of the business, right? And that's being reactive. And that's finding solutions, right? And making saves. Because you're only getting a shot on net because there was a breakdown in the system in front of you. That's all that is. Like, that is the entire reason. The coach isn't giving you a pregame plan for you guys to get shots. You know what I mean? Like, just at the very basis. It's one system against the other. Neither one of them. When you look at it, it's very, like, base level. It's the ideal game for any coach is we have given up zero shots and we've taken 100. That's how they set it up. So we can't afford to think of, be like, okay, so let's think that everything is going to go our way. I don't believe in that whatsoever. So, yeah, you know what? I may not be... I may not be somebody that spends a ton of time on the technical side of the game, but I mean, I like, I like what's going on with our goalies. I like, I like that we have guys that are going out there and they're making saves in critical moments because they're able to let go and they understand that that puck's not going to hit them in the chest. You got to figure it out, right? You got to be able how, you got to be able to figure out what this read is and what this play is. On the technical side, you'd mentioned earlier that your goalies look different um, or that people thought your goalies looked different. Are there, can, can you give us an example of, and whether that's a technical, because obviously part of that is just the compete they have, but is there, a, like, are there non-negotiables for you on the technical side? Like, is there a commonality, uh, your foundation? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you beat the pass with your head, right? You know what I mean? I, I want your, like, if you can see it, right. And even if your feet are a little bit delayed, right. I think that you have a chance. I really firmly believe it. I think that sometimes hurrying up people's feet you know what i mean like so sometimes it kills me it's just like okay beat the pass beat the pass beat the pass define beat the pass define it for me you know what i mean like we want to make sure that you're working in a straight line and you're quiet like i i've you know i talked to Devin on the ice you guys hear me make sure you're quiet like i'm not telling him where to go i did not one i did not once in that practice tell Devin where he was supposed to go the only thing i said is get your head on it first make sure you're quiet our bodies are all different every i have not met one goaltender in 15 years with the same body two guys same body right and two guys same ability and the thing that pains me and it's and it's happened is just like and i've made this mistake like i'm saying it because i've made this mistake is that i've gone in with an, an idea of how they should make that save when they were already making a save a certain type of way and they were comfortable making that save and it's like, you're never going to be able to make that save at the pro level. Well, you know, when I look at Dominic Asik, he made a lot of saves that, uh, like, that I guess would quote unquote not be a save that could be made at the, at the pro level. So as long as I have Dominic Asik in mind, as long as I have Jose Theodore, that magical, like that year, when he played the way he did, I mean, it was just so inspiring, especially for young guys like me watching television. Um, you know, when I look at those moments, I was not looking at chest shots. I wasn't saying, like, you're not getting a heart trophy by getting pelted in the chest. 
You know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not getting a Vezina trophy either. You're getting a Vezina trophy because you found a way to make all the saves you were supposed to make probability technical on angle and all the ones you weren't hardest. So have an eye. Uh, play a lot of drills out. There's a lot of compete elements in your mm-hmm. drills, play out rebounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw one today where you timed it, which we hadn't seen before two minutes, yeah. which I'm assuming is because that's a power play. The importance are times where your technical is part of it. Artistry is part of it, but you're also trying to work on fitness. Fitness too. Like, so I, I told you the story about Cali, right? And, yeah, Zach Fucali, one Zach, of your off-season yeah, so, so, guys that comes in in the off-season. So, so Zach, it's his second year. And his first practice, his first practice, I, I'd ask him, I'm like, I'm like, hey, this is a Friday. You know, this is Dev's, I think it was his, uh, thir- it's his third skate of the week. Said, And, and uh, what I like to do typically to end off weeks with a lot of guys is I actually don't tell them what the practice is. Um, I even play a game. It's, it's Sometimes I go in and I, I play a little bit of a mind game with them. I said, tell me what you want to work on. And they said, and they tell me, and, and Dev, it was hilarious. He was like on for like 15 minutes telling me exactly what it is he wanted to work on. Then I got on the ice and I said, okay, uh, here's your warm up, And then I'm going to coach the players. And you guys, you and Zach will figure it out. You guys are going to figure out what I'm doing here. And I just gave them a practice where they literally had to figure out what we were trying to create. They didn't know what was coming. And it was beautiful to watch. I mean, it sucked for Zach because it was his first one. And then I promised him the next one. It was an entire practice on programming, which I did. I, I gave it to him. But, but we, that's necessary. That is like they're like whether they like it or not, like their brains got better. And in that specific type of practice that I do, everything, I tell them all the time. I say it's, it's, it's uh, a minute and 30 seconds. It's a minute and 15 seconds. You got a minute here, Right. Sometimes in a practice, there is that sentiment where ah, I'll get the next shot. And I hate that feeling. I like you saw it even with Dev. Like sometimes I'll call it out and say, you got six left. So figure it out within the six. Because in a game, sometimes you don't get a second chance, right? You don't get another chance to make that save for your team. It's here and now. It's right now. Make the save right now. Figure it out right now. And I want them to take that puck with honesty, with discipline, and full value, full compete. You know that there's only one puck left. You're going to give everything that you have. If you know that I'm going to have another seven waiting for you after that, I don't know if you're going to have that, that, that human instinct, that human reaction is not going to be as fiery as knowing that that's it. That's all. This is all that's left. So it's very, it's very, it's, it's kind of like a mental component that I like to challenge the goalies on. So that's, that's the purpose of the time. I was going to say there's, there is a mental part to this. Like all this. I was going to ask if maybe you should have been studying psychology. (laughs) I mean, I read enough, but (laughs) I read enough. So. Maybe maybe it's seeped into my brain somehow. Yeah. Um, you ever get any pushback from pros that come in for the, the first time. time and it's like, hey, like, uh, you know, where's my drill that ends in the chest and I just want to work on mechanics? Hundred percent. All why, the time. Why am I dying out here? So what do you say to them? What do I say to them? What do you say to them? I say I respect that, but that's not what we're gonna do. Seriously. Like I, I you know, the amount of times I mean and Gravel's probably gonna listen to this, but there were a lot of times Gravel in the Mem Cup season was really tired. And I knew, like, I just wanted one more save. Like, I mean, we saw it on the ice. I just wanted one more save, one more, one more opportunity. I have to, I have to be the leader. I have to tell them that, you know what? Like, this isn't enough, right? This is what you need to do. And at the end of the day, if they say no, they just quit on me. I win, right? I have to compete with them. I got to show them that I'm as competitive, not more competitive than they are. And there's no half competitive people. I've never met one half competitive person. I'm fully competitive and I expect my goalie to be fully competitive. And if they're not, 
and then they're gonna have a hard, really hard time working with me. <laughs> so, and I'm not, you know, that's the one thing I won't compromise. So, yeah, I, I was gonna say, I mean, we've heard that, you know, I know we had a couple goalies where at Canucks development camp. We've heard that from me and Clark, right? Like that from a philosophy, like it's the most important position on the ice. So, how can we not be the hardest workers on the ice? I agree. I couldn't agree more. Like, and I, like, and he's and he's somebody that, like, you know, I obviously I look up to. There's a lot of guys I look up to that that. You know they've really shaped my thinking, and 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 he's definitely one of them. Like he's he's he's. I'm a huge fan of his. How do you modify that, or do you modify that when you're working with a younger goaltender, nine, ten years old? So when they're younger, what I've really invested in this summer for the kids is is. Uh, I, I I think that I'm a, a, a I'm a good skater. Um, I think I know how to teach them how to skate well enough, but. I went out and I hired a former, well, we've had a former Olympic uh, speed skater that's been a part of our team here at Cartier. Um, his name is Mackenzie Blackburn. And uh, there's a, we have a Russian, he's a Russian Montreal uh, uh, figure skater who's, a, who's about to retire, who's about to retire. And, uh, and he started working with us. And I've really like kind of like delegated that work uh, with the younger kids and they're skating onto them. And I, and I really want today's kids. I, I really sh- like, I can't stress it enough. Like you gotta be able to skate. Like it is, we are playing on ice, right? So you gotta be able to skate. And I need for you to watch hockey, like not 10 minutes on YouTube. I need you to watch hockey, like actually watch, actually understand what's going on out there. It's like, those are the two things I kind of like tell, you know, talk to pair young parents about them. Like, like I want to see them skate and I always like want them to skate and I want them to watch as much hockey as possible. So you're training them to be pure skaters, not goalie skaters. Yeah. Pure skaters. I want pure skater first. And then after that, we're going to go into, we're going to go into the goalie skate. They need to be light on their feet. They need to know exactly how their foot operates. They need to know how their ankles, you know, you know, you know, ankle flexion. There's so much that goes into it, right? Their ankle flexion, their calf muscles, their, their hamstrings. They need to. They need to understand what does what, right? So, were they doing that in goalie gear or not? Hundred percent. We had that. We had that going on. We've. Had, I've had that for a while. Even. Even. So, I do. I've. I've had for six years. Every Monday, with the, and a lot of these guys are now either pro NCAA or in the major juniors. But when I start first started, they were all just like midget and bantam, and I had a gang of these kids, and I said, "We are only going to skate on Monday nights in the summer." We skate and we skate and we skate and we skate like a player and we skate like, you know, and then we kind of work ourselves into the goalie stuff and we skate and we skate. And that's how we start every week. We don't start with pucks. We start with skating and we know and ties into that first level. So I can identify the situation and I can get there quietly. How does that happen? You got to be light. You got to know how to skate. And without that, the system can't work. Right? So... Um, I also love the idea, like the, the figure skating and the Russian roots. I'd be curious to see what some of those look like. Cause a lot of the stuff that we hear about, like, like that push towards mm-hmm. those goalies, like a lot of what they get at a young age, or at least have for some of them mm-hmm. is a lot of skating at a young age without pucks. I mean, we've talked to guys like Georgiev. It's like, I left in tears cause I got no pucks. It was all skating, 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 mm-hmm. skating, mm-hmm. but it was a different type of skating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if you go on Instagram, I actually have like, I'd posted like, I two practices like where, where we where we were had we had our monday night group with with uh some of the pros the ncaa guys and 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 the q guys and and yeah i mean it's just that's all it is we're skating like we're we're skating we're getting comfortable on our blades 
We're seeing what works. We're challenging our bodies. Uh, it's it's incredible to see that you're challenging your boundaries, your balance. Like it's it's really uh, it's really fantastic stuff. And and again, like I I know my limits, right? Like I I understand how far I can take it. That's why I have to go and I need to get help and I need to get people to come in that skate at a better level than I do to help these goalies reach the next level and reach that next space because I know. I know what I I know what I can bring to the table, but I'm not going to bring them the entire pie. Never, 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 never. Like I need help from 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 other people for sure. That's a great lesson that we often talk about, just from a coaching perspective too, because there's so many different voices that bring different things to the table. Exactly. Exactly. That's why you guys is like not to because you and I said it before. Well, feel free to toot our horn. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying is that is that for me like what was the first way for me to 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 actually to actually you know learn about goaltending was goalie work and now it's like when i first kind of like laid eyes on what you guys had going on i'm like this is perfect like at mcgill part of what we did at mcgill for the last three years part of their homework once a week was pro reads and it what it what it meant to what it meant to uh what it meant to them and how it can help uh how it can help vela and how it can help shank and how it can help Jacobo. and we used to sit and we used to have great discussion about how that you know what it meant to us and how we can apply it and how it works for our game. And then in camp every day we had, and Dylan, I mean, if you're so close to Garand, I'll tell you because he was a part of them. You know, it's every day they had, they had in goal, they had a, a, a pro read segment, or we would look at goals from, from another goalie coach and see what they had to offer. And especially for me, like, I mean, it's, I'd be a fool to think that I have, I have all the answers. Like I, I need to hear what other guys are doing. Like I need to see what other guys are doing and, where I can get better. And if I'm not, you know, I can't expect my goalies to have a growth mindset if I don't have one myself. So it's hard for coaches though, to be fair, like you're trying to make a living. So you're very sort of focused on what you do and it's difficult for a lot of coaches to get out there and learn from each other. Well, in some cases you get it to the highest level and your organization sort of puts a bubble on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, look, I can't go into like detail about certain conversations that I've had, but I mean, I'm not like, and I think you guys come to know me a little bit at this point is that I've made that mistake. I've made that mistake, like, you know, forcing myself to like, like buy into what somebody else is doing 100%. You can take from it, but we know obviously from our degree, like you can, we can read a line poetry and it can mean something totally different to our own lives because of our own experiences. And it's just really unfair to kind of put, like a, put a ceiling on that over somebody's head, right? Like they need to be open to interpretation and to imagination. And who knows? Like I've had goalies that are Adam, like Adam, like nine, 10 years old, do things that I've applied to pro guys. Like literally, like I've seen them do something and I'm just like, and I go up to them and they think that they've made a mistake because I completely stopped them. And like, I feel like I've seen genius. Like I'm like, this is a really good way of doing that. Thank you. And I just like sit there and they like, and they probably can't even do it again because it was by accident. <laughs> but, but, it, but it's, 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 it's so, it's so it's interesting. Creativity in the moment, solve the problem, but it doesn't have to be formulaically done. Yeah. And you want to, can I, and I'm going to admit something. I was actually like the one thing I was terrible at growing up as a kid, terrible. Like I'm telling you, like my mom gave me workbooks was problem solving. And it almost became my job. Isn't it mental? Like she, like, I'm not kidding. She used to put me through workshops. She was just like, like, it was just the biggest deal. I had great grades everywhere, but I could not solve problems for the life of me. 
Like I couldn't. And then after that, it'd be problems in the context of your passion. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't, I didn't care much if Lucy lost her dog, but I mean, I do care if like, I do care if there's a lot of Lucy gets scored on. (laughs) Lucy gets scored on for sure. For sure. For sure. Can you give me one? Can you think of one example where there's a young guy, like, like you said, a nine or 10 year old and they do so like just, and you're like, Hey, like that was genius. So I might apply that. Can you think of one? I put you, I'm putting it on the spot. No, no, hundred percent. I had totally forgot about knee shuffles. Like I really did. Like I, I, I totally forgot about knee shuffles and I don't know if you learned it from like another goalie coach and like, I like I had all these things. I had like hand projections going on and stuff. And I just saw this kid like this, just this young kid, just like knee shuffling around. Not because not because it's because he couldn't power push literally like he literally like he, he like he didn't have like the strength or the athleticism. So his only solution was anytime there was a rebound, like kind of like to the side on him, like enough in enough in, in a space where he should have power pushed. He was just bolting on his knees and he was making saves. I was just like, I was just, okay, maybe that was an accident. And I kept putting pucks in his pads, you know what I mean? A little bit of compete. And he just kept doing it. And he kept making the save. And I was really like, I sat and I was just like, oh my God, like, I really want him to power push. And I like, and I was, I was, it was really like complex for me at that moment. Like it was complex. Like I looked at him and I said, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm in a situation here. He is like, I want to teach him how to power push. He should learn how to power push. This will bite him in the ass. I know it will. That's what my instincts are telling me. He's figuring it out. Like, so then it becomes delicate. Like, that's where I get into trouble. That's where I sit there and I have difficulty being like, okay, like his body is responding really well. to this. Like, this is what works. This is what feels good. And he's stopping the majority of these pucks, knee shuffling around because he cannot seem to pick a skate in the ice. It was sick. And then, like, then after that, literally, lit, like, and that was actually, that was actually happening during the year in Halifax. So, Gravy and McLaren, like, that week, we started working on, we actually started working at the major junior level through screens instead of, like, power pushing or extending and creating holes. We started knee shuffling around, and they were actually making saves. And, I mean, it, it, it's just crazy where, the, like, where, what the derivative was. Like, it's... I don't even think they knew, but I was just like, yeah, we're going to start knee shuffling around. And they're like, oh, I think I saw Russian goalies do it. I'm like, hey, that's what it came from. <laughs> <laughs> they had no clue where it was coming from. It was an eight-year-old Russian. No, he wasn't. I don't think he was Russian. I think he was an Italian kid that had too much spaghetti. And I can say that. I'm Italian. I'm, I'm curious because you're going to move to a new team in the queue this yeah. year that you're coaching. Yeah. Uh, what's your process when you sit down with two new goalies that... I'm assuming you haven't worked with, but maybe you have because you've worked with so many guys. So, so I've worked with, I uh, worked with Degle, who, uh, who is the second overall pick for them. He's been to a lot of hockey Canada stuff and he's a late born kid and, uh, he's, he's played well and he's also had some moments where he could play a little bit better. He's been on this, like in the spotlight for a while now. Uh, and, uh, he's just, he's a Ferrari. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's a Ferrari. He's got a, he's got a lot of potential. There's, there's a lot of growing to do. Um, and again, like it's going to be interesting to see in a team setting because, you know, team setting and also the, uh, the team setting and also like the, the, the training facility setting is going to be a little bit different. And, you know, when you're allocated 10, 15, 20 minutes before the practice versus an hour, you know, before practice, sometimes you'll have shooters, sometimes you won't have shooters. So I have to, pick and see what's going to what's going to work best for him and we're at we're in that stage right now where we're trying to figure out what, what works best for him and then we have darvo who uh 
who's reigning CHL goalie of the year, who is like not your your typical goaltender. He's five foot eight. He's uh, 170 pounds, but just like built like a rock. And he is all compete all the time. So, so far, our relationship's been good. <laughs> it's been really good so far. So probably not the right setting for what I was thinking about, but uh, yeah. if, if you were sitting out with a, a goaltender for the first time in a team setting, what's your process? I just like, I try and let, let it be as organic as possible. I just want to know what type of person I'm dealing with first, right? Is this somebody that I'm going to have to push or is this somebody that's that, you know what I mean, is, is self-motivated and I'm going to have to say like, hey, relax, you know what I mean? Take it take it down a couple notches you know what i mean like i i that's like kind of like the first level is to see what's the what's the personality what they feel how i'm supposed to talk to them right like that's important too like the way we the way we speak to somebody and our body language and the way we look at them and the way that we you know the way we get our message across is critical right the way we get the message across there's several ways to get that message across how do you get across what's the most effective way to that person and, and, uh, the number one thing I always want them to know is, is that I care, you know what I mean? So I, I try to show them that, Hey, like I'm, I'm here for you, you know, like I'm here for you and I'm here to help develop you. And it's not about what I think, you know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to give you what I think, but you have the final call. This is your relationship with the game. It's not my relationship with the game. These kids 25 years from now, it's a relationship with the game that matters, not mine. My, my relationship and what I told them, that's irrelevant. Like, I want to help them find that place where they're happy and they're quiet and it works well for them and they're stopping as many pucks as possible. So that's like the key. That's like the special sauce. Because to have them do drills, any, any good goalie coach at a competent level is going to put them through good drills. No, I'm no different. I'm, I'm not doing anything special there. But I think that I can, I think I can use some of my other tools to, to help them get to what would be the promised land for them? Hey, you've mentioned quiet a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, for those, help us define it. Like what it is quiet and, and, and is there a way to apply technical to it? hundred percent. Like, like quiet is, is, is the ability to have a short route uh, where you, you maximize the ability to be square on that puck and have all of your other options available. Right. So you got across in one piece you know what I mean? You're not like disjointed while you're doing your eyes are there. And then your body, your physical body is coming across smooth and like together. Right. And, and you're in front of that puck as full and as square as can be ready to take on that shot, ready to read that release or read the pass and then restart that process, restart that cycle. So that's quiet for me. So could they be a lot of people might use the word efficient? Yeah. 100%. It, is it, is it actually quiet? Like, is it, it be. cause, cause, you know, like we see it, like some goalies, when we see crease movement drills like that, those pushes and the skates and the and the noise that it makes. That's why I wondered if there was an actual quiet element. Like, Did you feel that Dev was quiet when he moved? I didn't hear him. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And now I got to go back and listen to the audio, right? And that, that's why I was curious, like the, the, the choice of word. It's important. You know, like it's that, calming. Yeah. I love it. Right? They're quiet. Right? Like, like even I used to just with, with G. You know what I mean? Talk about being quiet in our in our routes and straight line in one piece. You know what I mean? Making the read straight line in one piece and and just like having that calming, quiet effect and slowing down the game for ourselves. Like they're the ones moving. They're the ones moving first. We don't move first. Like I mean, if we do, like we're probably going to give them a target. But 
by all accounts, they're the ones that are in motion and cycling. And there's no, there's no rule that says that I have to like chase them. Like there's no rule, no rule whatsoever. And especially like if you're playing night in, night out, right? Like some of these guys are and like where the, the level of skill is gone. And we talk about adaptability. The game is changing. It is so much quicker. The guys are so much better. Like any, anybody on the fourth line can rip you upstairs at this point. That wasn't the game 10 years ago. So we have to be really efficient. We've got to be really quiet. We have to conserve our energy. We have to make sure that we're playing a smart game, right? We have to play a smart game and we have to put ourselves in the ideal position. And once that shot's taken, boom, the lights go off and we're on to that compete, right? And then we're on and then we're moving and then we go and we do what we have to do to make that save. And once it's out of the zone and once the whistle's blown, we're back into quiet. We go back to quiet. We go back to quiet, quiet, make reads, quiet, let the game develop. Shot comes, boom, lights go, the lights go back off. We're on, we're on, we're on to off to the races and we go, we go, we go. And so that's just a little bit of the mindset that I try and teach. And it also, when I talk, when I speak that way, it's because I also want the goaltender to kind of not feel that the game is this 60 minutes, 65, 70 minute, you know, do or like, like death run. You know what I mean? And I'm on a back to back and it's like, I'm exhausted. Like, I don't want the game to be that. Who wants that? Like who would want that? You know what I mean? That's an easy way to hate anything in life. Forget about goaltending. Like forget about goaltending. You know what I mean? We, we like our lives to have, to, to have a, like a certain level of control and happiness and quiet. And then after that, we can, Speed it up a bit and then bring it back down. You know, certainty and uncertainty is very good for us. Yin and yang. Okay, so Devin, uh, we mentioned Zach Bukali, um, uh, Yaniv Pretz, who I probably just butchered his name. I apologize. Um, other guy, I know you like uh, CHL goalie of the year. You mentioned you got a whole bunch of guys coming in here and succeeding at really high levels. I said to Hutch while we were on the ice, I never ever want to hear a kid say to me again. I can't train at that three-on-three rink because it's not the same as full ice. Yeah, so it's good. It's good. Uh, it's really good for for summer training because you're getting faster by default. We do game-type situations in a three-on-three rink, and then they go back to a five-on-five rink, and we're always fighting against time, right? Well, you just you just added seconds to your game. I've done this drill. I've seen this play, except I've seen it, you know, in a three-on-three rink. Now I'm doing it in a five-on-five, like Connor. Connor went back, like Uve went back to an Olympic size ring. And his first text to me was like, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this summer. And I like again, I I mean Connor's like such an incredible worker and he's and you know, on his own is an un- unbelievable goalie coach. So um I can't really take a lot of that credit. So yeah, Connor goes goes into the uh European size rink, and now he has all the time in the world. He has all the time in the world to make plays, right? So you are by default getting quicker, working in these type of rinks. And especially with a, a nut like me that wants you to play everything out and just go all the way to the end. So that way you arrive in that regular size rink and it's good. I mean, Dev's been training here six years. Like this is where he spends his summer, right? And this is what we do. You know what I mean? We have, we have, we, uh, We've taken this from midget AAA to junior A to world juniors and NCAA and now the NHL. And it's like, you know, it's, it's just awesome to, to know and, and understand and rec- he understands and recognizes like that he is getting quicker by working this type of surface. In season, it's a lot better 
to work in a regular size rink because you know, get on angles, get familiar with your touch points. But when you're in, when you're in novice and adult, Kiwi, you know what I mean? And you got to focus on skating, you know what I mean? And skating and, and just like kind of proper body mechanics. Like this is still good in season, right? That was the perfect answer because now like it reaffirms my question about, I never want to hear kids complaining about working on three on three rinks, but you also reaffirm my excuse for not playing a three on three as a goalie when my buddies ask, because I, I don't want to screw up my angles in season. So I've got that built in. <laughs> You have to have angles before you screw yeah, them up. Yeah, be the first time I'd be on angle in my whole life. But I gotta have an excuse, Hutch. It's all about excuses. You always have a good angle in your interview, so yeah, uh, yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Listen, this has been fantastic. I feel like we could keep going forever, uh, but we don't want to keep you too long. Last one, because I always have the last one. You listen to the podcast, you know that. Um, the young man we were just on with with you is pretty special in Devon. Leaves no stone unturned. Always looking for those solutions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lessons that people can take away from him. Because like you said, you've been working with him for six years. Um, when your young goalies want an example of something, what are you pointing towards Devin for? How bad do you want it? Like, literally. Are you, like, is it the most, like, is it the most important thing to you? Like, really, like, that's, that's what it boils down to. I, I know that the most important thing in his life is stopping pucks. It is what drives him. Like, it's it's really what drives him. Simple. It's not even a contest with anything else in his life. He will like it's not a it's not work for him to come to the rink and watch releases. It's not work for him to get here early and want to get on the ice early and leave the ice late. It's not. I, I love that lesson today. Yeah. Like his ice didn't start till three fifteen. Caught us off guard because he was out at three with the other. But the ice was open at one right end. So doesn't matter. He, he takes the middle. He takes. He texts me every every practice. He says, "Sorry to cut you off." He says, "Is middle available?" I'm coming on early. I'm staying late. He sometimes with his gear, and I mean, kids freak out like obviously because he puts on his skate guards, travels to rink one. He's He goes from rink two to rink one. Gets on the other rink and just sits in the middle and he'll either meditate or he'll either do some crease, uh, crease patterns for himself or he'll visualize, he'll see him visualize making saves. Like, so by the time he gets on with you, he's ready to go. He doesn't waste any time. Hey, I don't, the Zamboni was out and he was doing crease movement patterns. Like he doesn't waste any time. Zero. No, he just he, like, you can't fake that. You can't like, you, you can't fake that. And it, it's literally, it's just, it's just how much he loves it. And you, that you can't, you, you, you can't, you can't, you can't deny it, right? Like you absolutely can't deny it. So love it. This has been awesome. Thank you, Thank you so you. much for your time and for having us out today. Looking forward to the rest of the week out here. And I know that everybody that listens to this is going to get a lot of the takeaways and apply them to their game as well. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks to Marco. Devin and Sensorina again for bringing that interview and to our friends at CCM for uh, getting us to join them in Montreal this week. So much content, as you said, has come out of this. I have so much work to dig out over the next couple of weeks here, Woody. The first bit, though, is already up at ingolmag.com. Yep. First pro reads from Devin Levi is live. First of many. Um, Highlight reel save from his first NHL game against the New York Rangers, had the people out of their seats uh, chanting Levi, Levi after this late in the second period of his first NHL start and his first NHL win. But what I loved about it is there were two elements. One, the read he makes off the rush and how early he identifies the primary threat. But then also, hey, yeah, it does end up desperation. He's a little bit, not critical, 
But in analyzing his positioning, he realizes he could have done things a little differently to make that save maybe a little less desperation. But then he walks us through the mechanics of how to make a desperate, like it's, it's desperate, but it's not a blind reach. Correct. Like he gets extended and spreads, but he's also got eyes on the puck. He's got his glove in an open position and changes it as the shot comes because he's watching the puck. And then a little Yaroslav Halakian paddle down to help not only cover the five holes he comes across in a spread, but to help build vertical coverage by pushing himself up. So all these elements that he walks through, just a glimpse into all the great details that he's going to share throughout the rest of his pro reads. Like I said, I think there's 13. I might combine two and make get it down to 12, which is a better number. Um, not that I'm superstitious or anything. Just but a little Just stitious. great stuff coming from him. And Jet Greaves, uh, you'll have all that in the coming months at ingoldmag.com. And of course, our premium members already know this, but if you haven't and you need to you need to check it out, you need to subscribe. Connor Hellebuck, Matt Murray with some incredible insights on managing screens. Um, we've got Thatcher Demko. We've got the reigning Vezina Trophy winner, Linus Allmark. We have all of these guys at ingolmag.com, you know, breaking down their game, giving you reads, giving you tips, giving you drills, giving you advice. There is no place in the world where you can get direct coaching, essentially, from NHL goalies and NHL goalie coaches like you can at ingolmag.com and Ingol Premium. Uh, as Marco told us, a uh, subscription that he uses often with his goalies at Corche Hockey. Uh, a subscription with, again, shout out to Jet Greaves, longtime subscriber, was actually citing articles that we had written back in 2012. Stuff we'd forgotten. As part of his development as a young goaltender. That's 11 years ago. So Jet would have been like, I don't know, like, what is he, 22 now? Like 11 years old and citing those articles. So kind of cool for us to sort of see that, you know, we're seeing these young goalies that started with us now in the National Hockey League, that was pretty neat. Um, but also reinforcing that uh, the messages they're now sharing as National Hockey League can help the next generation achieve their dreams. Or maybe your dream is just to win a beer league championship like me. It helps. It'll help that too. Maybe you will one day, Woody. I had something <laughs> I was going to say about Devin Levi's pro read five minutes ago, which reminds me that we have a premium edition of the podcast. And if if you're one of the two or three people out there who thinks that one of us maybe goes a little too long in our answers, you could listen to just the feature interviews if you join the InGoal Premium Podcast channel. Go check it out at InGoalMag.com. It's nothing but feature interviews. Uh, other than doing the interview, there's no Hutch, there's no Darren, there's no Woody. It's just straight to the great content that you'd love. But like the guy at the Tendy Fest that came up to me and said, I love your podcast. Just stop talking. Quit ruining it, Woodley. <laughs> or, or like the young goaltender in Montreal as Kevin stepped off the ice, all but screams out, Woody, I watch all your videos. He's the one. So, so many people that was a just pretty, love that was a pretty That was a pretty good tire pump. And the best part of it is, as we were coming off the ice, it was a session with Jet Greaves and and Devin Levi. So everybody's coming off. You're assuming these kids are waiting for those two for autographs. And in fairness, uh, the kid did stick around for a Devin Levi autograph. And of course, Devin is man. He was. He's just. 
he's good at every aspect, including how he how he manages fans and and interacts with them, and the and the sort of sincerity that he uh, talks to these kids with was pretty cool to see. But yeah, that was that was a pretty good ego pump. I saw Jet shaking his head as as my as my head grew three sizes. He's coming off the ice, shaking his head, and I'm I'm getting the tire pump. So oh, it was pretty good. Um, hey, how good thanks is to that young man? How good was Devin with the kids because he offered one of his sticks that had broken in the session to this this young goaltender. I uh, won't mention his names because we haven't talked to his parents and gotten permission to do that. Right. But uh, but shout out to him, and I hope he's listening. Devin offered him one of his sticks as he was leaving the rink. And how well raised is this young man? Because he looked at Devin and said, well, thank you, but you've already given me a stick. I know. Yeah. Hey, so, like, like, yeah. So that like that speaks volumes for both of them. Um, there's lots of great stuff over at ingolmag.com, not just the stuff from this trip. There's some Net360 content, some more skating drills that we published from Montreal uh, with Thomas Spear. But Woody is literally, as we said, sitting in his car, waiting to head into the rink to meet with some NHL coaches and goaltenders. There's lots more to come this week and in the future. So I think we better get rolling, Woody. Yep. Time to go because there's been enough guys walk by giving me side eyes as I'm talking in my car to from what they're st- they stand basically no one with a microphone in my hand hey biggest th- loser ever but that's what it takes to get this the job show done. started with you and roberto luongo in your car on those microphones so don't let anybody look sideways at you our thanks to the hockey shop source for sports langley to sensorina vr training for goalies to marco devon ccm and all the goalies who put up with us this week in montreal and of course our thanks to you wherever you're listening On behalf of Darren Millard, Kevin Woodley, I'm David Hutchison wishing you another great week in goal.